Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Nick Ratliff, Realtor. I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a bit. We got some basketball to talk about today, and Mark Stoops had some few a few newsworthy notes in his Monday press conference. Um, but we do want to break down positionally Kentucky versus Duke, and then we'll make our game predictions. First basketball game prediction of the season, Kyle. I am pumped. Let's do this. All right, let's, let's st- get some stuff wrong. <laughs> <laughs> let's start out. I, I wanted to look at this game kind of as position groups. I figure that's one of the easier ways to do it. Well, I thought that, but then I started to do it, and it's tough because you look at like the pos- the point guard. That's pretty easy. You got quickly and Hagens versus Trey Jones, but then I was like, who's the backup for Trey Jones? It's it's R.J. Barrett. I mean, you know, <laughs> they they let R.J. Yeah. Barrett and um, Zion Williamson both actually play some point guard. I, I think the Zion Williamson thing was a little bit like just to like placate him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it was you know exhibition games. Who cares? Let him try to show off what he can do. I would be stunned if Zion handles the ball in any significant way in this game. But uh, R.J. Barrett is basically a six foot seven point guard. Yeah, he's been a point guard in most international play. I think for his high school as well, and then in the in the AAU, he was uh, kind of ran the point in most situations. But the the I'll just make a note of this because it has a local tie. Technically, the quote unquote backup point guard is Jordan Goldwire who was going to go to EKU right. two years ago, but then Duke swooped in super late because they had absolutely no yeah. point guard depth, and he signed there. I had, It doesn't look like he'd gotten a ton of time in the even the exhibition, so I wouldn't expect to see him in the game much, but that was just kind of a crazy tie the, when you look the back old, at that. Uh, the old Duke thievery <laughs> from uh, Eastern Kentucky. That's I doubt a, there's a lot of those. Long, recru- long line of those. Recruiting battles. But I did want to ask you this. Who who do you have kind of as as a – point guard advantage here if you just limit it to trey jones well i mean we did our picks uh, on the podcast yesterday we did our draft and the, yeah. they were both available so i've kind of made my made my uh, statement there i took Emmanuel quickly. quickly i'd rather have the more well-rounded guy I, I feel like trey jones may have some higher end potential but i think in the college basketball season opener the guy who's probably pretty good at everything you know, or best at a little bit of everything is probably Emmanuel quickly. And, and really it's more of like, it's a two headed monster for yeah, that's Kentucky was, and it's not for Duke. That, so that's what I was going to get at it. If Trey Jones plays a ton of minutes, he's probably going to be split in time from who he's looking at on a defensive end for Kentucky. And Hagen's is just going to bug the heck out of him all yes. game. And then quickly isn't like a defensive slouch, just right. comparatively to Ashton Higgins. You know he isn't to that level, but few are. Yeah, he's not going to get a lot of breaks. Uh, you know, on who's defending him, and then you know I, he's going to get a couple different kind of looks when he's when he's the defender. You know, Manuel's going to be the guy trying to create, and he can shoot it a little bit. So you got to respect that. You can't just lay off him. And then Ashton Higgins is, you know, quick as lightning. So yeah. Uh, if he does what Calipari wants and gets into the lane and creates opportunities, um, that'll be interesting. I, I think it's a, I think it's a lot for a, a freshman. Yeah, uh, point a guard to, to look at. You know, it's like okay, I've got these two dudes I got to go up against in my first game. 
the two guard spot, which is for Kentucky, Quad A Green, Tyler Hero, kind of crazy that Quad A Green is now a two, even though he came in as a heralded point guard. But John Calipari made it clear he wants Quad A Green off the ball mainly because of his shooting ability and because the other guys are a little bit better at playmaking. But this is where it gets kind of haywire for Duke. Who the heck is there two? I assume I, it's R.J. Barrett. I, yeah, that's what I, I'm. I, I, I guess, but what I'm <clears throat> what I'm kind of getting at is from a defensive standpoint. If you're Kentucky, and I'll, I'll just phrase it like this, and this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but who does Kentucky guard R.J. Barrett with? R.J. Barrett, uh, I assume it'll be Kel- a lot of Kelton Johnson, um, which is why I think he starts in this game. I think you. This is not the game to start Nick Richards. Not the big lineup. Tonight. No, because I, I think you've got you, like. They don't have a bunch of small, quick guys, but they have tall guys who can handle the ball. You know, so their their four is probably going to be Zion. I, I assume it's Trey Jones at the point guard, mm-hmm. RJ at the two, Cam Reddish at the three, Zion at the four, and Bolden or Delorier, six ten, seven foot guys, tr- traditional type guys down low. I think Reed Travis can handle that. Yeah, I think he. I think that's the easy. That's probably yeah. the easiest match. There's two easy matchups, and they're at the top and the bottom. Yeah. Reed Travis guards whichever big man right. Duke is using, and then quickly or Higgins, whoever's in, is guarding yeah. uh, Trey Jones. And, and you can. I mean, you can play Nick Richards, um, but it's not that you can't play Nick Richards. It's just that if you did, it would be in place of Reed Travis in this situation with this game because you can't have Reed Travis out in space. I don't think. I don't think you want. You could. You would. Ha- you would almost put Nick Richards out in space. Yeah. Maybe before maybe. that, but that's not not ideal. So <laughs> not. like. So so I I think they're. I don't know. I, we're we're they're going to use a bunch of different guys, but I think their best defensive look, if that's Duke's five guys, is a, a combination of Hagens and quickly on the point guard, and and Hagens may be able to harass Barrett some too. They may throw him at Barrett occasionally, but I think you put Keldon Johnson on R.J. Barrett. I guess Tyler Hero. You, I, I mean, the problem for for Quade Green in this game is like he's, he's six feet tall, and, and everybody they got out there is going to be six seven or taller. It almost would be a, a kind of whenever he's in the game in that two spot, he has to guard Trey Jones. Just that's, to, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I guess if he's in there, if he's in there with Ashton Hagens, then you let him guard the point guard, and you put Hagens on one of those other guys, and he'd probably do okay. And then you know, I think you put. PJ on Zion. I think I think PJ's their only hope on Zion, just because I you know I think Keldon would do okay, except he's probably get bullied a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still as good a defender as Keldon Johnson is. The Zion Williams is like a defensive lineman, so um, I think it's PJ. You know, I said then and then Reed or Reed or Nick on the big guy. So who guards Cam Reddish? I guess it's got to be Tyler Hero. I mean, he's got at least got the size to do it. Well, that's the other thing. I guess we don't even really know who the starters are for Kentucky. <laughs> that's yeah, because I mean, we got a couple starting lineups, and we got a different one in one of the second halves. We know Reed Travis is starting the game. PJ Washington and Reed Travis and PJ only guys that were throughout. I believe PJ didn't. He was the one. He didn't. The only guy who started every half was Reed Travis. Okay, um, but I would. I'm gonna guess. PJ starting. I don't think yeah, there's any. Yeah, we're correct. So those two guys will start, and then you're going to have three. And quickly starting. I mean, I think we're, we're yeah, fairly yeah, sure that's, quickly starting. I think that's fair. So the other two the other two guys are what's going to be kind of interesting, and you can go a lot of different ways. Do you get some experience and lose some height with Quade Green at yeah. the other guard? And is, I guess Keldon Johnson. I would. I just I, don't I, think they want to push. I don't think they want to push 
P.J. Washington out to the three no, in, I, in a game like this. Um, they'll but, do that some. They'll play the big lineup some. But I think certainly initially you need – you need. Uh, well, it's, I'm just going to say Kelton Johnson is going to have to start this game because you absolutely need his defense. Yes. You just do. They're like They have too many big, versatile guys that can attack, and they can all handle. That's the thing. Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, all six, seven or taller – all can handle the ball. All can take a guy off the dribble. Mm-hmm. So I, you can't have P.J. as your three and Reed Travis as your four getting pulled out away from the basket by Zion Williamson. I think Reed Travis is really good, but if he's out on the perimeter trying to handle Zion Williamson, he, it's over. Yes, probably. So, I mean, you gotta, you've got to play Keldon Johnson a ton in this game. I think he is prob- And he's the R.J. Barrett guy. I mean, R.J. Barrett's going to score 20 points. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would bet R.J. Barrett scores twenty points. I would bet you a large sum of money that he scores at least twenty points because it's like he's their guy. He's he's and he's a guy who would be playing right now in the NBA if he were allowed. Mm-hmm. He's ready. He's like the most polished player on the in the country. Uh, certainly, freshman in the country. I think he's going to win National Player of the Year. That dude's going to get some. But they just can't have him go for, like, 35 or 40. And we saw, like, the other interesting thing in this, John Calipari, Emmanuel Quickly, and P.J. Washington have been on the other side of this before. Last summer, they were all together with Team USA, and R.J. Barrett lit them up. Yes. 38-13, and bounced Team USA out of gold medal contention, and then Canada won it. And they didn't have an answer. I, I wonder if... You know, John Calipari learned anything from that experience. He may have just learned. I think I asked him like about that, and he said he's yesterday. He said something like, "You know, if he plays like that, then no, it didn't help that we've already seen him." Uh, And I'm not sure there. I'm not sure there's a whole lot you can do, but I think their best hope to keep him from going absolutely bonkers is Keldon Johnson. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like the forgotten guy, Cam Reddish was the first one of these three to commit to Duke, and now he's almost an afterthought, partially because he didn't play in the Canadian tour, so there wasn't the highlights from that. But, I mean, this guy is unbelievably talented. Yes, another guy that Kentucky really wanted, and he started for Calipari over on Team USA. He's a 6'9", but he has, well, he's 6'8", 6'9", those numbers. Probably 6'7 and a half. Yeah, but regardless. (laughs) In reality. Regardless, he is a big dude that can shoot and can do all those things. He's he's an unbelievable prospect. The question about him is kind of a motor issue that some people, as like, you know, I've heard people say he could be in contention for the number one overall player if he had the motor that some other guys do. But in a situation like this, you're not going to be too cool for school in you a would game. think, yeah, you would think. I mean, there would be this. He's the kind of player that may may uh, arrive and vanish alternately all season, but he's going to vanish against you know UNC Greensboro. Yeah, exactly, and probably not Kentucky. So, and all what those about, guys, you know, all those guys are going to care. I know the Kentucky guys really care because they feel like you know they're as good as the Duke guys, and ever, they're all ranked higher than us, and uh, you know we're going to get our respect. And I and I get that. That of course you're going to use that. But I think these Duke guys, too, they were all recruited by John Calipari. Uh, Cam Reddish played for him on Team USA. You know, Zion, they were heavily involved with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They wanted R.J. Barrett. I think it was pretty clear it was going to be Duke for him for a while. But I-, I think there's something for some of these top players, too. Like, 
wanting to prove themselves when they didn't when they it, didn't choose Kentucky and they didn't choose Calipari. Uh, it's not like they. I mean, they basically chose the you know one A and one B of the NBA factories. Yeah. But I but I think they do get up for games like that and, and for the chance to say like okay, I mean they know there's going to be ninety NBA scouts or whatever in the building tomorrow. That seems low. Yeah, maybe more. maybe a hundred, three for every team because <laughs> uh, this. I mean, there won't be any night of the season, not any, no, where there are more NBA draft picks in one building than Kentucky Duke, which is following Kansas, Miss, uh, Michigan State. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you just went off how things normally go in an NCAA tournament, the Final Four that the may first, not have that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I I mean, somebody will. will, you know, somebody yeah, exactly. will lose and somebody will sneak in that won't have any NBA guys. This. Probably is going to be, including the Final Four, the, unless they all get there, the yeah. most NBA talent in the building. All right. Uh, I did want to flip it on its head real quick and just see how much do you think, we talked about P.J. Washington and Reed Travis, the defenders, but as offensive players, will P.J. Washington or Reed Travis, whoever isn't matched up on the center, will they be able to take advantage of Zion Williamson, or is he just too much of an athletic freak and too big of a body for it to you know kind of matter because I mean they'll have a size advantage to a certain extent and a, obviously an experience advantage. Yeah, I mean PJ's both of them are taller. Zion's like seven six seven. I think the official measurement when he went out to I think one of the Team USA things, USA basketball things, he was like six foot seven and two hundred and seventy something pounds back then. He's slimmed down. His body's in a lot better shape now, but he he's not tall. I don't think he's particularly long-armed I mean not like freakishly so I don't think I'm wrong on that PJ is mm-hmm. P, what's PJ seven foot three wingspan he's yeah. probably six seven and a half not a whole lot of size advantage probably I don't know I, I, I don't know I don't think I don't know if anybody's getting an advantage on uh on Zion Williamson I think if you well I will say this though I think pro- if you can get a push out of that or close to it in that battle then then that's a win. I'm not a Zion Williamson expert, but from the way I understand how he plays defense, he gambles a lot. So I think maybe not a size advantage would be, you know, more advantageous as the experience advantage. I could see yeah. Reed Travis just getting a yeah, couple one of them doing some crafty things to yeah. get some buckets. And yeah, I mean Reed being Travis, in a better position to get rebounds. Reed Travis might do that old trick your uncle does where he has the ball and he sticks it between his legs and that's right. throws his hands up <laughs> and then you jump over there and then you turn and he lays it in. Like I could see Reed good. Travis totally doing that on the Tells Zion him a couple Seinfeld game. jokes and then dunks on him. <laughs> Completely confuses the heck out of yeah. him. Like what are you even What's talking Seinfeld? about? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I I don't know. I think that I think the bigger advantage is going to be uh, whoever's not matched up on Zion, like the other guy. Like is Reed, Reed Travis against whether it be Bolden or Delorier or whoever, and then even Nick Richards. I think anybody that they throw at the five, unless they put Zion at the five, which is possible, and they you know may, they may do that in some small ball lineups. But if it's one of the other guys, I think Kentucky has a clear advantage at the five. Mm-hmm. I mean that's one place to say like okay so where do they have a clear advantage uh, definitely there yes uh, possibly at the point guard if you factor in, at point guard if you factor in the you depth. hope you have a push at at you know the four with Zion and PJ I mean it's an obvious an obvious advantage for for Duke with at- RJ Barrett um, and I think a huge probably mismatch with. The th- the the two are I don't know if you say wh- which reddish or Barrett are the two or the three yeah but in both cases it's a mismatch of to some d- extent and in one of those whoever's on 
uh, Cam Reddish, assuming it's not Keldon Johnson, it's a probably the biggest mismatch. Yeah. I think probably the biggest mismatch of the game in Duke's favor is whoever is on Cam Reddish because I don't I don't think they'll put I don't think they'll put Keldon on him. Yeah, I agree. All right, we will get you updated on what Mark Stoops had to say in his press conference today and then make our picks for the Kentucky and Duke game. But first, I want to tell you about Nick Ratliff. Buying or selling a home is a huge process and not something you want to do alone. You don't want to go through it without someone to guide and protect you each step of the way. Nick Ratliff with Better Homes and Gardens, Real Estate Cypress, is the man for that job. Nick is a lifetime resident of Kentucky, so he knows the area and shares your values. He loves for his clients to benefit from technology, but never loses that personal touch. Check out his website, bbnhomes.com. Oh, did I mention Nick is a University of Kentucky graduate? Twice, actually, and a lifetime Kentucky Wildcat fan. Maybe that's why he went back to school for that second degree. He wanted access to those cheaper student tickets again. If you're looking for a home or ready to sell, check out bbnhomes.com or call 859-429-SOLD. That's 859-429-7653. Don't buy or sell a home without talking to Nick. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team. If you're going to Indy, check out Vivid Seats, because Vivid Seats lets you attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice if you don't want to sit by a bunch of Duke fans. Right now, Vivid Seats is making things even better for listeners to this podcast. You can get $20 off orders of $200 or more by using the promo code LOCKEDON. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Mark Stoops wasn't super energetic today, Kyle. I don't think you would expect that after a loss, but there were some news nuggets. One, Benny Snell's ankle. This was kind of an interesting way he (laughs) deciphered it. It's more of a bruise than a sprain. And Benny Snell told us that he is Wolverine and yeah. doesn't get injured. He said it twice. He had that line queued up. Somebody came back later after the game, and he, he used that line again. How, how's your ankle? You might as well call me Wolverine. So Wolverine never gets injured? I think that's right. Or he, he like heals himself or something. Okay. That's that's good to know. I'm not like super versed in no, superhero not. world. I mean, and, I watch You obviously them. are. I watch are. them all, but I'm not like I, – I, I'm, I'm, ter- I'm like the king of – uh, like enjoy it in the moment and then dump it. Yeah, My brain only has room for so much stuff. Like I, people that memorize, like you dropping these obscure that you say are not obscure movie things on me and stuff. Like I just don't retain a lot of that. I don't. I don't like remember a lot of movie quotes. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember like names of actors a lot of times that are in movies that I like. It's just like, oh, that was a thing that was cool, and then it's and then it's over. You know, I don't have. I just don't leave so a lot you of room can't, in my brain. So you that. don't. You hate all sequels to movies. No, I don't hate all sequels. Because you forget the first one. Anyway, oh, yeah. we, we, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get back to football. Um, the other thing he mentioned was, uh, the. I found this interesting. He talked about two wide receivers. Well, he was asked about Ahmad Wagner, the pass interference getting machine. And he's talking about him. And then unprompted, he brought up Zaire Hughes again. He says both of those guys need to get some more reps in practice. And then they can start showing some stuff on the field. 
I think those are two guys that Kentucky would be wise to use. Wagner's a huge target. Hughes is the fastest guy on the team, a.k.a. Fish. If you ever hear anybody talking about Fish from the U.K. football perspective, that is Zaire Hughes' nickname. And so if you watch Mark Soup's press conference today, he starts talking about Fish, and if you were just dropped in, you would be a little bit confused. But Big big band guy. Big uh, He's big into the music. Mm-hmm. Seen, seen a lot of Fish concerts. Well, in the transcript it says F-I-S-H, so maybe I think it's maybe he just liked the Fish. I don't know. I don't know the origin story on that nickname. Might have to get to the bottom of that. I, the the Wagner thing's fascinating to me, though. Like, it's clear they the three he's been targeted three times mm-hmm. in the last two weeks. All have drawn pass interference penalties. And then what was the other thing? There was one other thing he was involved in on Saturday. Why am I drawing? A was it right a special now? teams thing? Because I know he plays some special teams. No, I can't remember now. Well, that you dumped it out of your mind. Just <laughs> I like completely, those super just hero completely forgot. I, did they bring him in another time? I don't know. Oh no, no, it was uh, it was. When they were down 14 at the very end, late in the game, and they needed Georgia to miss or block a field goal to keep it within two scores, keep some hope alive. And I haven't paid I haven't paid attention to their field goal block team, so maybe this has been happening all year. But they brought him in as the guy to try to block the field goal. Do you know if Wagner's been in there trying to do that all year? I, I mean, don't. he's like a six six former basketball player with good hops, but uh, that would have been wild if he had drawn three pass interference penalties, and then blocked a field goal before ever actually catching a pass for Kentucky. That'd be a weird stat. I think he's going to be a weapon, though. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, speaking of guys who are becoming really good, Devontae Robinson, Mark Stoops said he was the defensive player of the game in UK's locker room, and that should help Kentucky since Darius West will be suspended for the first half in Knoxville. Stoops was asked about the 34-year losing streak in Knoxville. And he said that his team doesn't care. He says they probably don't even know. And that their biggest motivation is to win for each other. Um, Finally, uh, I thought this was very kind of went in line with your piece after that game, Kyle. He was talking about learning from the loss and it's kind of some typical stuff. But then he said um, at the end of it, and he did this thing that Stoops often does where another question starts to get asked and he stops it and he continues yes. <laughs> on. And he said, um, he added this at the end from things they learned at the game. He said, I think it's pretty evident that we need to continue to recruit. Those guys are pretty talented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we talked about yeah. and I wrote about yesterday. Yeah. Like there's just, there's, there's not much gap anymore between them yes. and the rest of the league except a couple teams named Alabama and Georgia, and they got to play Georgia every year. So. Exactly. All right, um, final note. The Middle Tennessee-Kentucky game has been set for noon a week from Saturday, so set your alarm clocks accordingly. Speaking of college football, you don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Listen, if you're... Uh, trying to find you know some noon kickoffs so you're out there tailgating super early and you want to watch ESPN or whatever, you can use your Sling TV app to watch it. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never even use? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, you can cancel anytime, and as I mentioned, you can upgrade and downgrade your package depending on which channels you are using. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go check out that free trial. You got nothing to lose. 
This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Prediction time, Kyle. I'm a little nervous, to be honest, about predicting this because everybody seems to be a pretty a pretty common thought when it comes to this game from everything I've read. And I, I, I don't know if I particularly like when everybody's on the same page in a game like this. Yeah, seeing you know Ben Roberts gathered up all the predictions, it was uh, he got 30, it was 28 to 2, is that right? That sounds right. 28 for Kentucky, picks in Kentucky's favor to Duke. And he interviewed, I think he said 15 Kentucky media, 10 national media, and 5 North Carolina-based media. And so it was a you know it was a broad range of people, and twenty eight to two for Kentucky that made me go like oh man I don't I think I should pick Duke <laughs> like anytime it, people are in a game like this where it's like the other team has it's in it's not really arguable that Duke has more just raw talent yes um, or top end raw talent maybe Kentucky has a little more in volume of it. They might have a couple more players. That, yeah, they have better you know, depth. But, I mean, they arguably have the three best freshmen in college basketball and four of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a junior McDonald's All-American at center that may not even start. Um, so it's in a game like that where it's two preseason top five teams when like everybody's picking one of them mm-hmm. overwhelmingly, and the one that's getting picked to lose has probably the number one pick in the next NBA draft. It's like, what are we doing? Are we are we really all on the same page? But I think it just all boils down to every explanation that I have heard and seen is, look, this might take a little while for Duke. And we've seen it do that before when, when well, John Calipari has that issue sometimes, but also in years when Krzyzewski's had a bunch of freshmen and he's going to start four of them. Mm-hmm. That you know, the year he won it with with freshmen, it took a while, and and you also wonder if for a while while we've talked about some of the matchup problems that this might create in this game defensively, you wonder okay, you got three guys that are all in the six seven to six nine range, essentially small forwards. They can play different ways and different styles. They're not the same player. You know, how does that fit? And how do the egos fit? How do how do the other two guys feel about everybody else raving about yeah. Zion? Or how does Cam Reddish feel about everybody talking about, not Zion, about RJ? And how does Cam Reddish feel about everybody talking about Zion and RJ and maybe not him? Yeah. How does that work? And if you catch them in the first game, the very first game they're going to play, and you've got at least three guys probably they are going to play significant minutes, maybe four, if all the sophomores and Reed Travis play, You've got a guy that was a player of the year candidate in a major conference. He's a proven college player. Kentucky, is that's one thing. Kentucky is the only team in this game that has a really proven college player. Mm-hmm. They have, And they have really two of them in, in P.J. and Reed Travis. And, you know, I, I would say Nick Richards and Quade Green are kind of like to, to a lesser extent. That, to me, is just what it boils down to. Like, Kentucky's got some guys that aren't going to – that we at least know something about and aren't going to be rattled by the moment. And Duke's going to have to figure some things out. Yeah, I'm of the same mindset that I felt kind of weird when I saw all those other, everyone else picking Kentucky, you know, which Kyle and I both picked, obviously, since we're talking that way. Um, 
But the one thing I am excited about this matchup is the last two times Kentucky and Duke have met in the Champions Classic, it hasn't been actually like two two big heavyweights, really. I mean, they were both ranked in the top 10, I think, in both matchups in 2015 and 2012. Well, 2015 was ended up being... No, that was the oh, year, the year after. after. Yeah, okay. exactly. Both of these were years after Kentucky was really, really good. You know, 2012, that was the... Alex Poitras is going to be the number one pick game. Right. Because he, yeah, right. yeah. And, yeah. and Kentucky ended up being terrible. Yes. Um, but Kentucky lost that game. And then in 2015, I still don't know. I mean, it's kind of crazy to look back this. And, you know, Jamal Murray, Tyler Ulis, and Isaiah Briscoe, you know, beat Brandon Ingram, Luke Kennard, and Grayson Allen, who were all top picks as well. So it's kind of crazy to see the talent in that game that going forward. And while in that game, Kentucky was ranked second and Duke was ranked fifth. I don't think either of those teams actually reached that level. Right. I think both. But yeah, these I mean, teams... if you think about it like this in terms of this game, that's probably the one to look at because okay, Kentucky had a sophomore Tyler Eulis, a sophomore Isaiah Briscoe. Who else did they have back? I mean, uh, Marcus Lee, I guess, was yeah. been a sophomore. I mean, they had some guys, and and most notably the you know the guy that was touching the ball all the time that was you know running the show. Tyler Eulis was a veteran guy, as veterans go around here, so. Kyle, my final score is Kentucky 80, Duke 68. And despite feeling weird that everybody else agrees with me, I will go out on a slight limb and say Duke won't get it within five in the final ten minutes. Wow. You you think it's totally comfortable. Relatively. I mean, you know, five. Yeah, I think I picked 78-70. All of that said, I don't think anybody that picked Kentucky would be, like, shocked or, or really even sort of mildly surprised if Duke wins because Duke has the best player in the game and maybe the best two players, mm-hmm. maybe the best three players. I mean, from a pro yeah, prospect if, if, I mean, standpoint. if you were having an NBA draft, they have the three best players in the game. Yes. Um, so it is, it is weird. I mean, like you say these things out loud and you go like, why did everybody pick Kentucky? It just, we're going to find out here's, I guess how we should say this. We're going to find out. Tuesday night, tonight, as most people listen to this, we're recording on a Monday, but most of you are listening to this on Tuesday after you've voted. Some of you, you've voted and you're driving up from somewhere in Kentucky to Indianapolis for the game. We are going to find out in that game tonight, Tuesday night, does experience really matter or would you just rather have the best raw talent? And a lot of years, Cal Perry has... has cast his lot with the latter and to mixed results. Mm -hmm. It usually works out by the end, but he's also, I think in recent years, grown weary of relying so heavily on all that young talent and has made a commitment to getting older. I mean, see see the Reed Travis experiment, which I think is going to be the beginning of a lot more of those guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out really fast. Like, follow along with all of our coverage of this game. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch B U R C H, and I'm at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. Please follow at Locked On UK on Twitter and find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. However, and wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, review, and then most importantly, share it with someone else who would enjoy it. Thanks again to Nick Ratliff, Realtor, for sponsoring 
this edition of the show. Go check out bbnholmes.com for more information. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.